hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. And my, and my favorite one, too. Y'all want to be good sheep herders? There's two things you got to remember. One, stay awake. And two, ask questions. Not now, JP. I mean, ask questions if something don't look right or if you get that funny feeling in your gut. Kind of like that night when all them angels appeared. I was there I was, sitting by the fire, wide awake, just like my daddy taught me. Now you're just bragging. You bet I'm bragging. <laughs> Being awake's what separates the men from the boys, son. So there I was, sitting by the fire, and all of a sudden I had this funny feeling in my gut. So I get up, I walk over this rise. Bingo! The biggest, scariest looking angel you ever did see. You know what he says first thing out of his mouth? Don't be scared. Well, it was way too late for that. But then he gets this real nice look on his face. And he says, I got some good news to tell you. A baby's been born tonight. And he's going to save the world. He's over in Bethlehem in a feed trough. And then a whole mess of other angels showed up and started singing glory to God. It was beautiful. Hauntingly beautiful. And then they was gone. Now that ain't something you get invited to every day if you're just a crusty old sheep herder like myself. That baby's mama was sure surprised to see us when we showed up. But we told her all the things that had happened, about them angels and all, and that tickled her pink, I think. We all stood around for a while, making sure everything was okay. Kind of like when a new lamb gets born, and once you get everything sorted out and figured out it's all going to be all right, you just kind of settle down and enjoy the moment. But this was even better, because this was the world-saving baby. And we just gots to brag on him. And JP, this old soul's been awake ever since. I can carry it. Would you please pray with me? Oh God, we come to you at the beginning of this season, expecting, excited, 
looking forward to uh, that moment where we celebrate the birth of our Savior. But God, we're not quite there yet. So be with us and guide us as we move towards that evening. So Lord, we ask that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. This old soul's been awake ever since. You know, I love that line. I love that line because that, that helps us to really look at what this season of Advent is all about. It's about becoming awake. It's about looking at the birth of the Christ child maybe differently than we have before. Maybe we can take a look at the story that we hear year after year and we can glean something a little different from the story. Maybe something that will help us continue to grow in our faith and help us to share that faith with others. Over the next three weeks, we're going to hear from other participants who were at the manger that evening. Next week, we'll hear from a wise man, then we'll hear from Mary, and then we'll hear from Joseph. And my hope and my prayer is that as we hear these stories, a, a, a fire is kindled inside of us so that our souls will never be the same again. So today we're starting with the shepherds, and our scripture for this morning comes from Luke's gospel, the second chapter, starting at verse 8. And I invite you to follow along in your Bibles, or we'll have the words printed up on the screen for you to follow, too. Hear the word of the Lord. Nearby shepherds were living in the fields, guarding their sheep at night. The Lord's angels stood before them, and the Lord's glory shone around them, and they were terrified. The angel said, don't be afraid. Look, I bring good news to you. Wonderful, joyous news for all people. Your Savior is born today in David's city. He is Christ the Lord. This is a sign for you. You will find a newborn baby wrapped snugly and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great assembly of the heavenly forces was with the angel praising God. They said, glory to God in heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go right now to Bethlehem and see what's happened. Let's confirm what the Lord has revealed to us. They went quickly and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. When they saw this, they reported what they had been told about the child. Everyone who heard it was amazed at what the shepherds told them. Mary, Mary committed these things to memory and considered them carefully. The shepherds returned home, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen. Everything happened just as they had been told. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, one of the things uh, growing up in the church 
that I was born and raised in is that we had a Christmas pageant. Every, every year, it, it never failed, like the third Sunday of Christmas, the, the kids would gather together to do a big Christmas play. And usually the, the first Wednesday in December, they would gather all of us kids together in the fellowship hall on a Wednesday night, and they would start picking out the parts. Well, the very first part that was called was for Mary. So all of the girls just raised their hands, and they would try to get picked to be Mary. Mary was picked, and all the hands went down with a, ah. Oh. Then came for the part of Joseph. So for all of us boys, we were just, here we are right here. I'm Joseph. Yep, right here. Pick me, pick me, pick me. But, of course, one of the fifth graders or sixth graders were picked to be, be picked Joseph. So we were just disappointed and put our hands down. But they were the parts of the wise men. So all the hands go back up again, and then the fifth graders get picked to be the wise men. So that you know what that meant for the rest of us. For all the girls, they got these white gowns put on them with tinfoil around their heads to be angels. And all of us boys got to put on gunny sacks with a rope belt. And we were all shepherds. Then the time of the performance came. And when the scripture was read about the shepherds and the angels, the angels would make their way down the aisle to the front of the church and set up on this side. And the shepherds would make their way down the aisle and set up on this side. And when the verse was over, out the doors they went, never to be seen again. Of course, we know why they were sent out, because they didn't want to make any noise during the rest of the performance. I always hated being a shepherd. I, I didn't want to be escorted out to uh, th this realm of, of unknowing or this realm of somebody that didn't really matter. But I think sometimes we look at the shepherds as a bit character in the story of the nativity. And it's easy to see why we do that. See, back in the time when Jesus was born, the shepherd was considered to be a, a not-so-savory character. They were the ones that were out there, the, the uneducated, the uncouth, maybe the thieves, maybe the, the outcast of society. There's a study called the Mishnah, which is Juda Judaism's written record of the oral law, and it, it also confirms the prejudice of the shepherd. One passage described them as incompetent. And if you by chance saw a shepherd in a pit, you just walked on by and let that shepherd stay there. See, it's easy to see the way that the story is built up that, that the angels came to these groups of, of just outcasts on the side of the hill, that it was doing something new. It was doing something different. Paul reminds us later in 1 Corinthians 1, 27, that God chose what the world considers foolish to shame the wise. And God chose what the world considers weak to shame the strong. 
think the reason why God came to the shepherds was to show that, that the world was different now, that the birth of a Christ child was ushering in a new way of doing things, setting up a new order. But then I started to think about what a shepherd was. And if we really looked at the history of Israel, we could see that the shepherd was a noble person. If we look back in the lineage of Israel, Abraham was a shepherd. Moses, when he left Egypt and was escaping and he went to the mount where he saw God's presence in the burning bush, what was he doing at the time? He was a shepherd. And then when Israel needed a king and Samuel went out to Bethlehem to find a king to replace Saul, who did he find? He found David, who was out in the fields, away from his family, taking care of the sheep. See, for, for Israel, the history showed that the shepherd meant something. The shepherd had some noble value behind them. Even if we look at the Old Testament scriptures, what David wrote in Psalm 23, it starts out with those words that we are familiar with. The Lord is my shepherd. Last week, when we were talking about Ezekiel, we found these words as God was talking about being a shepherd for God's people. The Lord God proclaims, I myself will search for my flock and seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out the flock when some of the flock have been scattered, so will I seek out my flock. As we dig later into the Gospels, what do we hear Jesus call himself? The good shepherd not wanting one of his sheep or not letting one of us to fall away. So as I think about the purpose of the shepherds and what they are doing in the story, could it be that when God announces the good news to the shepherds out there in the hills, that God is, is bringing redemption to God's people? At one time, around that area, the shepherds were considered outcasts, but God was saying, look, you are so important that I am going to give you the news first so that you can experience the birth of the Christ child. But then, not only can you experience first, but then you will be the first to go out and proclaim the good news. After I thought about that, I said to myself, you know what? I'm kind of glad I was a shepherd whenever I was in elementary school. I'm glad I wasn't Joseph because Joseph had to stay back at the manger. The shepherds were given the task to go out and share the good news with the world around them. And I want to be like that. I want to make sure that my life 
shines what God's love means to me so that others may experience that love and see Christ in me. That's why we come to this table, too. This table is a way that we as, as outcasts, we as those who have fallen short from the glory of God, that we have been made right through the breaking of the bread, through the pouring of the cup. We can then share in this great mystery to allow God's love and grace to, to pour in us so that we may pour out that grace and love to others. So as we prepare to receive this cup, I invite you now to take a moment to confess your sins silently to God. Would you please pray with me? Oh God, we come to this table knowing that you are the giver of love and grace. And as we take this opportunity to confess our sin to you, we ask that you send your spirit upon us so that we may hear the good news that while Christ, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And this proves his love for us. So it is in the name of the one, Jesus Christ our Lord, that our sins are forgiven. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.